on to Hive Mind. I'm Meg. I'm here with Eli. Hey, Eli. Good afternoon. How are you? Super duper. Happy to talk about TV today. How about you? I am also super duper. And as always, happy to talk about TV. Mm -hmm. What have you been watching? You know, I actually am kind of excited for The Real Housewives of Salt Lake season two. Okay. Well, you're about a year too late, but I'll take it. I didn't watch season one. Am I going to have a hard time catching up? Yeah, Eli, you're going to miss a lot. <laughs> I picked up Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season 11, and I already know all their histories. Like, really? it take You need one episode, and you've got it. <laughs> uh, so I saw the, the two-minute thing that was posted because you shared it, the first two oh minutes of gosh. season two. Oh, my gosh. Is it not the best two minutes of anything I you've ever ha- seen i have to admit it was compelling it is and rock. i think it helps that i know what's going on because you have previously forced me to read all of the court documents related to this woman's uh arrest and so like i would say encouraged but okay <laughs> i think it was a requirement okay i think it was i think i was required i am paying you a lot to do you this are podcast, so it's part of your employment and so it was kind of interesting to actually see what what happened on camera because I understood what happened on camera just from reading all the stuff and doing research on this. And I have to say, I think that I think the show is it seems ridiculous to me and it seems like probably a lot of it is staged. I know a lot of it is staged yeah. just from hearing about production around town. But watching those two minutes, I was like, this is real. Like they caught this moment and it just like they just happened to catch it. And you can tell her, she looks terrified yeah and that's not staged no and i think i think that's why i'm excited because i'm like whatever else happens i know at least part of this first episode that we're going to watch this weekend is going to be a a a on the spot reaction to a real life thing that is happening here's the thing even if it's staged it's staged to highlight elements that are factual of these women's lives, you know? Yes. It's not whole cloth cloth fiction. It's exaggerations of what's actually happening in their lives. And I I enjoy it for that. I get that. And, And I don't fault anyone who is like, who's a, who finds that acceptable. We all have like our different things that are like this part of reality TV. I can do this part. I cannot. A lot of people cannot watch survivor because they find like the game boring, you know? Yeah. I love the game. Um, yeah, I, I know I told you this and maybe I've said this on this podcast, but years ago I met one of the um, former cameramen for the Kardashians. Yeah. And he explained to me at the time, he's like, they're what they're what you're seeing on the show are real things that they're talking about and like real happenings in their lives. But he said, what we do is we like go to the living room now. We're like, okay, now you guys have a conversation about so-and-so's wedding yeah. action. And then they, they have a conversation about so-and-so's wedding. That to me, that kind of stuff makes the reality TV not compelling for me anymore. Mm. So I'm just like, I if I'm going to watch reality TV, I just want to see like documentary style, like cameras capturing moments. But I totally get if you're just fine with that. And you're just like, no, I'm watching them have a real conversation about something that's happening in your life. And I don't care that someone yelled action to them. Like that doesn't matter to me. I totally get it. What I'm saying is this episode of The Real Housewives this weekend, I think our worlds are intersecting, Meg, because you're getting the drama that you're like always want out yeah. of this and I'm getting real TV. <laughs> yes. And so you and I are going to watch this together this weekend. Yes. Did you know that? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm excited. I'm 
never been more excited for anything in my entire life yeah. than this season two premiere. Yeah. Uh, so, and then the good fight season five ended. Uh, I loved it. I mean, I've taught, I've been raving about this. It spurred a conversation and there have been a bunch of articles. Season five ended in a really absurd place and the show itself is absurd. And so people have been arguing like, wait, did the show just jump the shark? And a lot of the response has been, the show is jumping the shark. Like that was kind of the point of the show, mm-hmm. which is my opinion too. It's just like, no, it like the show's setup jumped the shark. Yeah. And it's just every week they're just jumping the shark, but they know they're doing it and they're okay with it. Yeah. And so it's been kind of fascinating and I'm going to see what happens, but this is the first time the way the season ended is the first time in the show's history that there has been disagreement over the quality of the show. Because up to this point, it's just been critically acclaimed across the board. Okay. And um, the the ending of this season was apparently a little too wild for people. So if anybody happens to be watching The Good Fight, I would love for you to reach out to me and let me know what you think. I don't know anyone in my life who is watching this, and I have no one to talk to about you this. You are literally the only person I know who's watching it. I'm, I really think I might be the only person in the world watching it, except for the few people who wrote articles last week about it. Okay, well, so it's yeah. not over. They're, they're coming back for another season. It's been renewed okay. already. I guess time will tell if it jumped the shark or not. I'm just saying. Could be exciting. Uh, what have you been watching? 30 Rock, still. Yeah. We're uh, we're nearing the end of season four, and I'm not sure if we'll go on at that point because I don't like when it starts deteriorating. Um, and we do want to do a succession rewatch before season three premieres. Good so idea. I think we're gonna start that next. I barely We've got a lot of work to do. You know, I I barely remember what happened last season. Yeah, and I think it's been long enough that I'd enjoy a rewatch. Mm-hmm. I would because I only kind of remember. And Bachelor in Paradise, okay. the uh, recaps of which you can listen to on Thursdays, because today is Thursday. Yeah, we record on Wednesdays and post on Thursday. So every Thursday you can listen to Irene and I talk about what happened. It was another wild week on the beach. Okay. And that's really it. Mm-hmm. Housewives of Beverly Hills, like I already mentioned. Okay. So I also sat my children down and watched. Cinderella, <laughs> which Amazon claims is the number one streaming movie in America right now. I don't know what metrics they're looking at, but if that's the case, we do not deserve to continue as a civilization. Wait, John Mulaney was in it? I'm looking at the cast list. No, John Mulaney was not. He's listed as a, in the cast. As what? I don't know. Um. Okay, so... Can we start before we get into this production? You want to talk about the Mulaney baby because I already no, did a full episode. I know on that I this listened week. to your full episode on the Mulaney baby. I I don't know what I think about the Mulaney baby. I I don't know if I even have an opinion. Did you watch his his interview with Seth Meyers? Did he do a new one? Like last night or <gasps> two nights ago? Well, no, what happened? Tell He's me. He's like, yeah, we're having a baby, and he like. Does he seem like a jerk? No. Here's the thing, Eli. He's so charming in it that I'm back on his side. Did he? Did he like? Is he self aware or was he self aware in the interview about like? And he ran through his addiction timeline and when he went to rehab and all these different things that happened. It's an 18 minute interview, but essentially he's like, "Listen, 
I hosted SNL. I relapsed on drugs. I divorced my wife. I went to rehab. I got out of rehab. I met Olivia Munn. She held my hand through hell. Now we're having a baby together. I'm nervous about having a baby, but I'm excited. I'm I'm not Olivia Munn's biggest fan, yeah. but I am a big John Mulaney fan. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think I can have an opinion on that divorce because I wasn't there. Who knows? You did, know, divorce did, did is hard. Did he say hard. anything about it other than we got divorced? Not that I heard. Full disclosure, I've only listened to half the interview because it's so long, but I have every intention of finishing it. Have either of them been trashing each other at all? She's posted some photos that are like weepy. weepy. Yeah. But and she so, hasn't said anything bad about it. Just him. that she's heartbroken. Yeah. But the thing about celebrity divorces is they announce it long after they've already separated. Right. So I think people are getting the timeline confused, thinking that it was like divorce, met Olivia Munn, maybe some overlap. When actually I think like the divorce had been in the works for a while. A while. So yeah, he's having a baby with Olivia Munn. It's just always so weird. I know you've recorded this and I've listened to it. And I know you've already talked about all this and it wasn't my intention to do so today. But it is just so weird when somebody's like part of their act is their marriage yeah. and then the marriage falls apart. It's really a strange thing to like understand. I mean, I think that's the risk you take, you know, yeah, talk about I'm going to talk about this and then I am never allowed to divorce Skylar. And no, he's never your allowed whole to brand. Divorce me. What would your brand even be? Can you do <laughs> tweets about your ex-husband? I probably could. You probably could. Skylar the other day asked me if um, he's like, if, if I ever leave you, will you write me a letter of recommendation for my next marriage? And I was like, I would be very mad, but I probably would be willing to do that. I'd do that. I could yeah, write I'd a really that. good letter of recommendation. So before we get into this Cinderella, can we talk just briefly about prior versions of Cinderella that we've seen and what we think about them? Because there are a thousand. Well, when I was three, the only movie I would watch was the animated Cinderella. Okay. Gus have, Gus was my favorite. Have you watched that film recently? No. I feel like that would be a mistake. Have you? Yeah. And? I watched it recently with a niece. Okay. And it is a very boring film. Sure. <laughs> so have you, like, if you've watched um, Snow White recently, it... it tough watch. It, they're tough watches. Cinderella yeah. is better than Snow White, but it's still that old era, like, 90 minutes of credits at the beginning. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that singing, like weird choral singing Warbles. that sound like ghosts. Yeah. yeah. And then long, like pretty quiet scenes where there's just like that one woman who did all of the voices <laughs> yeah. of the villain for a few decades. Yeah. And, and you know, Cinderella talking to the mice. The mice, I mean, obviously are the most entertaining part of it. Right. And then a long dance sequence where she's dancing at the ball and whatever. It's very boring. Oh, but that dress is iconic. And Cinderella has almost no personality no. it's better than snow oh, white but that outfit that look man with those shoes and that big poofy dress I mean, what i hot. wouldn't have given to wear that she was hot and i had a cinderella birthday cake not to brag oh okay yeah um and then in the 90s we got the musical with brandy which i and whitney houston seen. honey it's good i know did you have you never seen the musical at all no the impossible like you you're not familiar with the musical oh no that that song makes sense yeah i've heard that song i saw the musical live in uh, to a con in st george like that outdoor theater when probably 20 years ago and it was really cool the brandy version i think is a good time okay so when i saw that they did this i was like oh they just remade the musical like the brandy version I hit play on this thing meg and i don't know what world i was in for the next two hours i saw someone tweet 
that they were singing Seven Nation Army at the ball. And that's when I was like, oh, crap, I got to watch this thing to see what's actually happening here. Nothing could have prepared me for this weird jukebox woke fairy tale that no one asked for. Nobody asked for this. (laughs) Starring Camila Cabello and James Corden, like two of our most problematic celebrities. I don't know her. Why is she problematic? She's had to apologize a bunch of times for saying racially insensitive things. She's what always else, posted notes she up done? apologies. She's a singer. Yeah. She did Havana. Ooh, nah, nah. Oh. And she's oh, dating Shawn Mendes and they're like just insufferable. They are? Oh yeah. The worst. I mean this movie, look, this movie is insufferable. It's so woke. I freaking love it. Oh my gosh. I it was hated such every second of it. An awful, it felt like, awful film. It felt like Ryan Murphy fired a bunch of the glee writers and they're like yeah, yes we'll show you yes we're gonna make a movie and then this happened about halfway through i was like wait is this a ryan murphy production and it's but not a right? ryan murphy production would look better because ryan murphy this. does netflix i agree with that it would look better this than just this. looked bad it sounded bad Everyone's she kept doing annoying. that like lip quiver thing you know that like diva yeah. singers do when they're like hitting their no yeah. it's like yeah. i would just i hate i hated it i hated it so all much. of the voices are like so heavily synthesized that it's oh, like you man. don't feel like you're watching something that's real and anyway why, why are we doing these songs that are contemporary and only loosely fit in with the plot yeah yeah. And the plot is being like shoe these songs are being shoehorned into the plot or the plot is being altered in order for the songs to be shoehorned into it. This movie also did does a thing that I finally finally watching this I figured out is a thing that has bothered me in a lot of films. And it's whenever you've got a film whose aim and objective is to be like we are feminist, but they do, but they fail to do it because what they do is they take one or two of their female characters and they're like, we're feminists because look, these women are smart. All of the rest of the women in the movie are dum-dums who are like man-hungry, crazed idiots, but we made two of them smart and they're saying feminist things and therefore this is a feminist film. I'm watching this thing last night. They get to the ball and you've got like Cinderella and the sister of the prince who are both like these like, you know, feminist icons and they get to the ball and all the rest of the women are singing their like man hungry song and it's embarrassing and it Mm -hmm. makes women look stupid Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm getting tired of i'm getting tired of seeing films like this where i'm like you're this isn't a a feminist film like you're not doing women a favor in this film because you're just like saying look sometimes they're not the worst that's what the message is yeah yes completely agree and it's so on the nose all of the when you said woke Every one of their like woke principles that they're teaching are so thrown in your face throughout this film. Yeah. When they at the end say, we're not getting married, we're going to take some time and travel the world. Yeah. Just make a different movie. You don't have to make Cinderella. Make whatever you want. Sorry, Cinderella is not a woke story. Maybe Uh we don't need to tell it anymore. Also, the Adina Menzel, the stepmom character, was she sympathetic? What? Was she mean? Sometimes she was really nice. It was like Adina Menzel's contract says I can't be the villain in a movie. <laughs> Sorry, this movie needs a villain. <laughs> she's like a, a little bit mean and she's discouraging. But she's also pretty pragmatic. Yeah. In a way that I'm like, like, that's pretty good advice. Like they get to the, well, okay. I actually kind of like where they were going with this, but the execution was so bad. I like that when she realizes that the guy wants Cinderella, she's just like, 
okay, let's get behind this. Like the yeah. prince wants someone in our household, so let's get behind it. Again, pragmatic. That makes, great idea. That makes sense to me yeah. as like a plot point, but it was so inconsistent with what her character had been up to that point that it was like, no, you were you were doing the wicked stepmother who's going to lock her away in the castle because you don't want her to be involved in the prince's life. And then she switched on a dime and it would make more sense if she was just like, look, like you are of low class, like you will only embarrass the family. But then when she doesn't embarrass the family to be like, I was wrong. Okay. Like this is now the person we're being, that is a perfectly fine plot point, but it just was so badly executed. Agreed. Um, I also thought that the stepsisters were a good time and I would have preferred a movie about them. Mm. They seemed like a fun hang. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what's wrong with these people? Yeah. I don't I don't understand something about this because I was thinking about the stepsisters and how their characters and the mice were that's like the Disney Cinderella story, right? I don't know if mice are canonical. I don't think they are. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe they the are. Because is, the right? pumpkin is, The pumpkin, because she turns the pumpkin into a carriage. So maybe... But I don't know that mice being characters in the story are canonical. Like, is that part of the traditional fairy tale? I have no idea. Well, so I was watching it, and I was like, this feels like it's just tracking with the Disney film yeah. adaptation of the story Cinderella. But this isn't a Disney production. So did they just, like, rip off Disney? Yes. The answer is yes. Also, the humor in this was so wine mom. I couldn't even when James Tell me Corden. About wine mom, yeah. James Corden's like you pee out your front tail. I was like, who thinks this is funny? <laughs> That's not even a good joke. Uh huh. Just like wine sloppy. Mom. A wine, you know, like someone who has like stay calm and drink wine in yeah. their house. That's the kind of humor we're working with in this script. Just so. Stupid! I uh, I this movie made me really when, angry. Uh, whenever my mother in law posts wine mom jokes, my like entire family like of in laws, we all screenshot it and text it to each other because we're like, she's at it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um I felt bad for Billy Porter in this. I felt really bad for Pierce Brosnan and uh, Minnie Driver. They deserve so much better than oh, what Minnie this movie Driver. is getting them. I also did not need their storyline at all. Completely mm. unnecessary. Yeah. Um, Camila Cabello's work Cinderella poor girl outfit was slamming. I would wear that. It was like a total look that you could get from Doen and like her bag, her satchel was on point. Mm-hmm. You know, make her dirtier. Yeah. Make me feel bad for her. I didn't feel bad for anyone in this movie. I didn't dislike anyone in this movie. Yeah. I had no emotion other than anger that it exists. I'm not mad that the fairy godmother was a sassy black gay man. Yeah, I just don't think he's that great an actor. No. It wasn't that charming. No. But I was like, yeah, make it a gay dude. Like, yes, queen. I was like, (laughs) okay, that would have been maybe good five years ago, you know? And even I know that. A 35-year-old straight white woman living in Sandy, Utah. Like, you know, like, if I'm thinking this script is outdated, let's uh, (laughs) hire some Gen Zers to help here. Look, all that said... I you, had a great time. You loved it, and I don't understand. So why don't you take some time and explain it? No, I hated it. Okay, I hated it, and I loved, but I loved it. I loved watching it. I hated the movie, but I loved watching it. It was just like it was a train wreck. 
So we, we've talked a lot about movies that are really bad that we've made fun of, like Jurassic World, where people are like, oh, that sounds hilarious. It's so bad. It sounds hilarious. I want to watch it. Where you and I have been like, no, no it's don't. not fun to watch. It's so infuriating and boring. This movie was the kind of bad that was funny to watch. This was like kind of more in the Troll 2 type of bad. Do you know what this reminded me of? Is that SNL sketch where the high school theater kids get on stage and they say something like, guns kill people and then they go and then they switch position and then they're like (laughs) abortion (laughs) like it's just like these overly earnest messages being presented very sloppily yeah yeah by people who are just at their core the most annoying people you've ever met james corden and camille cabello alone yeah oh absolutely but but the thing is like the songs that they're singing like some of them are bops. Like the songs are good songs. Oh yeah, made worse. Made for sure made worse, but I'm like, ah, I'm fine like watching this song happen for a minute. Sure, but it's not like Mama Mia where you're like, "Oh, Meryl can't really sing, but it's great that Meryl's singing ABBA." It's more like, <laughs> who is this random teen nose pierced guy singing <sighs> the White Stripes? Why is this happening? Oh. The Prince was a lot to the me. The Prince was too much. Have you ever seen him in anything? No, and Nicholas I looked him up on IMDb, Galitzine? and I think I'm too old to know who he is. He's only, he's 26. I hate it. Oh my gosh, Meg. People are young now. People are young these days. Don't you hate it? I don't love it. I teach my, my law school class, and they're all, you know, 23-ish, 24-ish, which means they were born like last week. And I will reference cultural things that they have no memory of, oh, and it stresses tragic. me out. Tragic. Um, but yeah, I've never seen him in anything, and he's he he is an overactor, and really smug in this, and really annoying. Wanted to punch him. You know who I want a movie about? Hmm. The first girl they bring in that they want him to marry, and she's like, "Listen, we could rule the world." <sighs> yeah. Give me a movie about that woman. Yeah. She's got some good ideas. <laughs> The sister, the prince's sister character was so insufferable to me because she was clearly, she was there to demonstrate like, it's unfair and stupid that all the kingdom's going to the dude because this is the one with the brains. And so she just is there to show up every once in a while and be like, would anybody like to hear my plans for high density housing? Mm-hmm. And the, and everyone's like, no, because you're a woman. <laughs> and it's so dumb. And then at the end, they're like, and we're going to give her the kingdom. Yeah, it's a quick pivot. <laughs> it's a real quick pivot. Pierce Brosnan decides he loves his wife and he's going to give his daughter the whole kingdom. It's uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. Do you have anything else you want to say? I totally recommend it. <laughs> Everyone should go watch this. My kids loved it. They did? Yes. Okay. Um, here's what we're doing next week. We got a request. We were going to do murder in the building, but we're not we, doing that. We never do what, we're, what no. we say we're going to do. Sorry, Cinderella happened. But we did get a request for Labyrinth. L- the old movie, yeah, Labyrinth? I've David never Bowie. seen it. We're doing it for next week. Okay, I'm excited. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.